Good morning. Today we're, we're going to be looking at some amazing individuals from God's Word and they're going to teach us how to live wisely in God's world. Unlike much of the wisdom that's floating around today, we're going to discover that to live wisely demands a disciplined pursuit of God and that a focused pursuit, that kind of disciplined pursuit, is in very short supply today. But living wisely can be accomplished. I want you to know that. It, it's possible for you and I, and it's actually the will of God for each of us, each of us who are saved through faith in Jesus' death for our sins. We're going to be learning today from King Solomon, uh, King Jesus, and the Apostle Paul. King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. It's self-explanatory in the very first verse. Let's take a look. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So we're going to be studying wisdom from King Solomon to whom God granted this unusually great wisdom, that, that amazing gift of skill to live life well. It's recorded for us, the story, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. And let's, let's read it. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, now here's the question of a lifetime. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. What would your answer have been? Solomon answered this, well, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So here's what he asked for. Listen to this. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased with that Solomon had asked for this. So the Lord said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. But look at what's next, verse 13. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. That's the guy who God appointed to write down these proverbs which are to influence your lifestyle and my lifestyle choices. In verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 1, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. This purpose is further detailed in verses 3 through 6, but let's stop here at verse 2 this morning for a moment. First, the wisdom part. To know wisdom and instruction. What is wisdom? The essence of wisdom is a skill. It's, it's the ability to do a job really, really well. It's used to describe the skillful workers who sewed Aaron the priest's garments. It's, it's used to, to honor the abilities of all those men and women who built the tabernacle and even later the, the tabernacle's replacement, which was the temple in Jerusalem. This, this skill is the possession of anyone who has exceptional ability in whatever their craft might be. These kinds of skills are only obtained through hard work. 
It reminds me of how even the most skilled athletes today, uh, men and women that we would describe as a born athlete, they tell us repeatedly that if you don't put in the work, if you don't put in the practice, uh, all the training and discipline that's, that's necessary, you won't reach your true potential. Some of them even say something like this, don't neglect your God-given talent. The wisdom that you and I are being offered in Proverbs is, is a skill for living. And that's because wisdom is not merely intellectual. It's, it's not how long you went to school. It's not even where you attended school. It's primarily concerned with the principles of right and wrong behavior. And as you and I live out and use our God-given abilities and talents, we will learn more and more and get more and more discernment about what is right and what is wrong. Remember the Apostle Paul? He's that brilliant theologian writer of most of the New Testament that we have today. He's a, he's a world missionary traveler uh, for, for God's gospel message. His intellectual mind was a, was a gift from God, and we marvel when we read some of his letters. Before his coming to faith in Jesus Christ, he, he still had a brilliant mind. Uh, he didn't get the brilliant mind after he got saved. What made the difference for Paul was God. God enlightening him with the stark contrast between what was true, what's right, and what was false, wrong. See, Paul displayed a, a disciplined pursuit of God by forsaking all that he had previously held and held very high in the Jewish pharisaical world. And he forsook it all for, for God's worldview of what is really and truly important, which for him and for you and I is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul took his skill from God and he applied it wisely to fulfill God's purposes for him. And, and then there's Solomon. King Solomon, as the wisest man on earth, he, where we read in, in 1 Kings that, that he demonstrated wisdom and skill as a naturalist, as an administrator, and even as a judge. And, and, and he had those skills, and God gave him this kind of wisdom, uh, the understanding to use those skills wisely. But Solomon, unlike Paul, let it all go to his head. And he ended his life not living as well as Paul. Solomon used his God-given ability for himself. Uh, he used it for his own prestige and honor, even after being granted the insight as to how to truly use his skills. It's a blessing for us that God had Solomon write down the correct perspective here in his word. The sayings teach us how to live skillfully in, in every area of life, including our families, our marriages, our finances, our friendships, uh, even what we say and, and how we work. The goal of wisdom is that you and I might achieve a life of beauty, uh, a life of significance with the talents that God has graciously given to each of us. And at the end of our days, will we have accomplished something worthwhile and lasting to God's eternal glory, or will it be to our temporary glory? When we study the, the whole Bible, it reveals another thing really significant about wisdom. Remember that our life finds its greatest expression in uh, and only through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the, the Son of God, is the one who not only describes what true wisdom is, but he exemplifies for us what it actually looks like. Jesus lived on earth with, with perfect skill. He used all that God had gave him for the glory of his Father. 
It's through Jesus Christ that you and I are made wise. It's through Jesus Christ that we gain the ability to live wisely in the first place. Jesus is our only hope. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. God made wisdom in the flesh, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is our only source, uh, Colossians 2 verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is a, is a treasure that is hidden, but it's not hidden to anyone who calls on Jesus' name for salvation. Then this treasure becomes our treasure, and we contain it, as Paul says in Corinthians, in earthen vessels, an unspeakable treasure, immense wisdom from God Almighty. This wisdom in Jesus was evidenced uh, all through his earthly life. Uh, even as a young man, we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This wisdom continued as a mark of his authentic God-ordained ministry throughout his life. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 54, we read, He came to his hometown and he began teaching them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and they said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? And Jesus is still worshipped in part because of the wisdom he received from the Father. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, we get a glimpse of heaven and we see the crowd saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and see the word? Wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus received wisdom from the Father through his disciplined pursuit of God's will all the way to the cross. Okay, that was the wisdom part of verse 2. What about the second part, the instruction part? Because you see, it says to know wisdom and instruction. Did Jesus really have to work at it? Like, like Solomon, uh, like Paul, like you, like, like me? Wasn't Jesus just born a natural? Uh, the word instruction in the Hebrew conveys the idea of, of learning through discipline. Wisdom is gained through disciplined instruction. The same Hebrew word is used um, of the discipline that a parent would give to their, their child. It's used of God training his people through discipline. You and I were not born with wisdom. We, we need to get over that. Uh, you and I do not automatically become wise as we grow older. Uh, the source of true wisdom is always God. Did you notice in 1 Kings chapter 3 that we read at the beginning, did you notice that with Solomon, God told him, and if you walk, what's the word? In obedience to me, and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Notice that he didn't have to be perfect. Thank you, Lord. He has just said to be disciplined and obedient. There's this uh, pursuit of God that's always going on. Even his dad David really messed up. We, we know those stories. And God here uses David as an example of obedience. Plus, you and I have a huge advantage today. Um, see, we have Jesus. We have him as an example for this kind of discipline that, that Solomon is talking about here. 
like uh, after a very long, uh, tiring day of ministry to crowds and crowds of people, Jesus finally got to go to sleep. And here's what we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. You see, Jesus lived to do his Father's will. Jesus sought God's will in prayer on a daily basis, and he received the power to press on and, and the strength to do all those miraculous uh, things. Jesus looked to uh, God the Father's guidance before every big decision, every choice, like, he, like when he had to decide who would be the 12 apostles out of all the disciples who were following him. We read it in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And he comes down in the morning, and it says, at daybreak he called together all his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be apostles. Jesus lived for the Father. He breathed every breath of his life for God. He was living out his life skills first and foremost for the Father's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus confessed to the self-appointed wise men of his day, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he, he demonstrated the discipline of pursuing God, even in the most um, routine parts of his life. Do you desire wisdom, real wisdom from God Almighty? You will only obtain it through a disciplined pursuit of God. But here's the thing we all share, you and I. We are by nature foolish and lazy. Pete, you say, that's not a very wise thing to say to keep us as your friends and, and possibly to keep us from uh, pushing that stop button. Uh, hear me out. We are by nature rejecting the hardships and, and the learning that can only be uh, gained through discipline. Uh, Solomon says in ch uh, verse 7 of the chapter we're in right now, chapter 1, fools despise wisdom and instruction. We, we avoid difficulty. We'd rather live comfortably. Come on, let's, let's just face it and be honest. Case in point, all the stories that are circulating today regarding the relief money that has been handed out by our governments to, to assist people who really need a helping hand. They, they desperately need these funds. But there are, as we read, some people who are playing the system. They're getting a hold of this free money that they maybe should not be up receiving. And how others are even attempting to trick their employers into laying them off so that they can collect and not have to work. I'm not saying everyone, but there's more than enough greed and, and laziness that we all know about to go around. Because we as humans are naturally wayward children. We're, we're easily led astray, especially by our emotions. Or, or, or a charismatic communicator who can grab a hold of us and sway us one way or another. We need to be brought under the rule of our Heavenly Father, like Solomon, like Paul, like Jesus Christ, even if it's painful. And it's all for our own good. See, we, we who are saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ's death payment for our sin, we who have the Holy Spirit filling us, uh, 
controlling us. We, we need to learn to obey our calling and, and through God's power restrain our natural desires to do unwise things. Uh, unwise things. Like, like speaking before considering what it is we're going to say. Like, like seeking immediate revenge. Like floating easily downstream with everybody else because the other option to swim upstream, it's just too hard. We need to see following God as both a love and a duty. Like when God says to love others, including your enemy, including those who in your estimation are unlovely. We need to do the hard thing even when it's inconvenient. And that's where Proverbs wisdom desires for us to go. So, secondly, how does the discipline of pursuing godly wisdom benefit us? Well, that's the next couple verses, verses three through six. Let me just read them to you. Verse three, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, that would be us, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Did you notice that the book of Proverbs, it says here, isn't just for the young. It's even for those who are older. It says even the truly wise must remain teachable and increase in their learning through a continued disciplined study of God's word. God's wisdom is unfathomable. You, you can read through Proverbs hundreds of times with profit every time. I'm always amazed when, uh, when, a, when Christians will respond after hearing what the, a next study is going to be or a message series from a popular sp uh, speaker they're listening to will be. And they respond with comments like this. Well, you know, I've already heard that. I've read that. Uh, I've studied that already. I'm good. I don't need to hear that again. The modern-day proverb, we are ever learning and never fully knowing, is so, so true. As you go through the stages of your life, you will gain new insights that go along with your experiences. And our loving, all-supplying God, He'll take those experiences of your life and mine, and He'll enable us to live well for His glory. Did you notice the words in verse 5? The one who understands, obtain guidance. The Hebrew word there for guidance, or, or some translations say wise counsel, it, it's the word that was used of ropes that would guide a ship. They would keep a ship safe, on course, stable. And many people are influenced by man's wisdom, or probably even more so by their own personal feelings, especially the feelings of the moment. You see, those are their ropes. Those, that's what guides them. Proverbs warns against the counsel of fools and against following your own feelings. It says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. The guidance offered by, by Proverbs is moral, firmly grounded in God's declared truth and God's standards for righteousness. You and I, we don't gain wisdom merely by being zapped from above. We don't automatically receive it when we trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Rather, a godly person acquires wisdom for, for living through the dis disciplined study of God's Word, from which is established this, this pattern of, of wise choices in our life. If you handed me a Korean Bible, 
it would be God's truth for my life. That doesn't change. But I would only pass my eyes over its characters. Uh, it wouldn't do me much good. Uh, if you offered a nine-year-old an advanced physics textbook, but he or she would not be able to likely grasp any of its content. You see, for the natural man, the Bible itself is foolishness. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them, because these kinds of things are only spiritually discerned. But you see, for the reborn, for the saved, for the Holy Spirit indwelt, follower of Jesus Christ, your disciplined study of Proverbs will help you develop important life skills in understanding the wisdom contained even in God's Word. Lastly, the last thing I want to share is verse 7. What about the, the motto, what many people call the motto for the book of Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. We need to understand that Proverbs, it's not a how-to book. It's not 10 steps to a better you. It's not five ways to get wealthy or be successful. Your quest for wisdom, it says here, begins with the fear of the Lord. And we really can't say that enough. We saw that the Lord Jesus is the source of all true wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom itself is an attribute, attribute of God, uh, the God that we are to fear. It says, Job says in, in Job 12, 13, with him are wisdom and might, to him belong counsel and understanding. God's wisdom is displayed through his works. We see it all around us. Jeremiah 10, 12, it is he who made the earth by his power, he who established the, the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding, he has stretched out the heavens. This incredible wisdom is, is imparted to men and women through God's word. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God imparts wisdom to those who seek him. James 1.5, we, we just studied this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? Yeah, ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The early chapters of, of Proverbs that we're gonna go through over the next few weeks pleads with us to earnestly pursue wisdom. The New Testament reveals that the ultimate expression of wisdom is found in Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1, 31. So as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. So, so go ahead and express yourself. Just make sure that what you express is Jesus. We cannot discern the true nature of life and the world apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the root of all knowledge. Anyone who tries to, to be wise apart from God is like, the Bible describes them like a, like a branch cut off from the root. For this reason, only the godly can truly be wise and, 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 we, and people will come to us and seek out that kind of wisdom if they see it perpetuated in our daily living. Uh, that's, what, that's why so many moms are wise, right? I know that's what I'm thankful for, for, for my own mom, because she's godly. Therefore, she's wise. Do you fear God? Do you regard God with reverent awe? He alone is holy. He's awesome. He's, he's glorious. He's worthy of all respect because 
God is righteous, you and I should be concerned about the consequences of displeasing him. It says in Proverbs 16:6, by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. See, that's how you do it. To fear God is to submit to God, turning from self-assertion and any evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, Proverbs 3, 7 says. We, we are not autonomous beings. We really are not free to assert our own will and decide what is right for us without consequences. There'll always be consequences. So, will you acknowledge the Lord's sovereign moral governance of the entire universe? Will you be open to his training and correction, especially through this study in Proverbs, will you trust that his way is always best? To fear God is to know God. To know God is to have life. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. Chapter 19, verse 23 of Proverbs. Are you satisfied? When you fear God, you no longer fear men. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Are you getting the picture? The fear of the Lord is, is not a beginning like, like the first stage of a rocket. After it takes off, it is cast aside because it served its purpose, it's discarded. Rather, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the beginning of wisdom in the same way that a foundation is the beginning of a house. And everything stands firmly and securely on that foundation. What do you really seek today? Think about it. How would you express uh, the answer to that question? What do you really seek today? Often it seems like we live in a world that is full of fools uh, following after foolish sidetracking games. Some imagine that their accumulation of fame and fortune Pleasure and power will in some way make them winners in this game, whatever it is they're playing. Uh, we can learn facts, but we can still remain foolish. Spurgeon wrote, to know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are the greater fools for it. There is no fool as great as a knowing fool. And sadly, even many churches are failing to impact their culture because they are pandering to misplaced, man-centered values from the world, rather than proclaiming what we've just read here in verse 7, the fear of the Lord. Sometimes Proverbs is taught merely as a, as a book of practical tips for earthly success so that people can win at the game of life. It's, it, it works. You can put it on a t-shirt. It, it's, it's popular preaching. But wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, and it, and it grows in personal relationship with Him and Him alone, granted to you and I through the death penalty payment for our sins through His Son, Jesus the Christ. My desire is for us as a church family to develop that unashamedly. And then wherever we are and, and, and whenever the time uh, gives us opportunity, we can declare the truth of God to all believers and to all those that he is drawing to himself. So let's together apply the wisdom of Proverbs in the laboratory of our very real everyday lives, even in the laboratories right now of our own homes. 
Let's live wisely in God's world through a disciplined pursuit of our awesome God.